welcome to Box Cutters, episode 245. It's me, alone, in my bedroom. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, absolutely no one. And to my right, absolutely no one still. Uh, this is, uh, we're on holidays, basically. That's what you're hearing. This is the sound of holidays. So here's an interview that I recorded uh, back in March of this year with... Greg Benson and Kim Evie, who both do uh, short films, I, I would say short films, or I, I would think of them as television episodes or television sketches, uh, but that's because I think of everything in terms of television. But they do these things entirely for the web. Uh, they don't get distributed uh, anywhere else, but in different forms of the web, uh, Kim produces a show called The Guild, which you may have heard of, you may have heard me speak about, which stars and is written by and created by Felicia Day, who a lot of people may know from the Twitter or maybe from a number of Joss Whedon productions. Uh, Kim produces The Guild, and uh, that has just gone great guns. It started out on YouTube, you'll hear the story of it, uh, but is yeah now distributed in all sorts of forms on the web. And uh, Greg Benson, uh, her husband, also has a production company called Mediocre Films, and he has one of the most popular independent channels on YouTube. So I started off asking both Kim and Greg if they thought that what they did would be considered television. Well, we each do different things, so I feel like the Guild, which is the show that I produce, is probably the closest thing to television. In fact, when you watch all the episodes together from a season, um, then it makes basically, you know, like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And then now in the States, you can watch that through Xbox Live. And I, oh, I think internationally as well. You can watch it through Xbox Live on your television. So it sort of bridges that gap. It's like, hmm, is it a web series now or is it a TV? What is it exactly? But then things like uh, Gorgeous Tiny Chicken Machine Show and Two Hot Girls in a Shower and, and, the, and the shorts that you do, Greg, yes. they're sketches and they would work together well as, uh, you know, you could put five of them together for a 23-minute, half-hour sketch show and, well, that, and that would work just as well. Oh, well, you certainly could. Uh, and and there, are, there are companies and, and networks who do put together uh, shows. I think the latest that I've seen is The, the Funnier Die Presents, uh, which is on HBO, um, you know, a collection of of short things like they make on their website. Um, but with the internet, we don't really need to see, uh, yeah, we, we think that, you know, or at least I should say that I, I, I just believe that your entertainment can be delivered in, in any number of ways and, uh, and, uh, and venues and basically watching something on the internet or watching something on your TV. They're just, um, two very viable choices. What I like about internet entertainment is that you know, web shows and, and sketches, you know, they can, they can entertain you start to finish in, in two or three minutes. Just you can get something bite-sized. And now we see that people are starting to access the web on their TVs more and more. And so there's more of a crossover and people can watch the web easily. They can watch YouTube or any number of sites on their TVs. And they can get those little bite-sized chunks uh, on their preferred, you know, viewing medium, I guess you could say. So would, would you 
you, you would make a distinction between things that are independently and privately produced and things that are network-based or large corporation-based? Is that is, is that where the difference is coming in? Because well, then- Absolutely. That's one of the beauties of the internet is that uh, anyone can produce content. Anyone. Uh, right now, you're producing content, especially anyone with a video camera. Uh, can talk into it or make a little sketch or anything they want to. And you'll have varying levels of of, uh, professionalism. Some things will be polished and some won't. But what's great about it is that everything pretty much is independent. I feel like the difference is right now that, you know, television is still trying to wrap its brain around, well, how do we... If we're a television, you know, company, how do we make content for the internet? What do people? They're still trying to kind of figure out why do people watch stuff on the on the internet because they're used to doing long form, whereas you know those of us who do short form, I think we understand that part of the appeal to internet content is that it's short. So you know you can go from one thing to the other with two hot girls. You can watch one, and if you like it, you can watch you know five, and then suddenly only five minutes have elapsed. What feels like to me is happening now is that the internet has sort of become the the fireside of the aughts, you know? So, like, people used to sit around and... I guess it's become the radio of the aughts. People used to sit around the fireside and listen to the radio together. And that was sort of how, you know, you spent family time. And then it was television, and now it's the internet. So, you know, we'll have friends over, and if one person is like, oh, did you see blah, 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 and then you type it in, then suddenly you're there for an hour, everybody's sharing, oh, but what about this one, and have you seen this one? And, and, and so you're all, you're all standing around and, and sharing and sharing what you've discovered. So mm-hmm. rather than sharing what... Uh, some third party is telling you to watch, which is what we used to do with, uh, with friends. You know, everyone would go over to somebody else's house and they'd all watch friends together because they were friends watching friends and they loved that concept. Uh, and when I say they, I mean me and my friends. I don't know if anyone else in the world did that. I don't, I've, I've never heard of that show. I don't think it was very popular here. It's, uh, do you, do you remember, uh, do you remember Seinfeld? Mm-hmm. So, Jerry, Jerry, so, do you, uh, what a, about Cheers. Do you, do you Cheers? Do you remember Cheers? <laughs> what? Uh, small Wonder. Do you remember Small oh, Wonder? Yeah, yeah. Small yeah. Wonder. Oh, absolutely. Canadian wonder. show. Yeah, yeah. great she show. Was a robot. She was a robot. Yeah. Small yeah. Wonder. Yeah, that exactly awesome. like that. Now, that's a good show. That was a really yeah, good show. Now, at, least you, at least you can find, you know, what we can all agree on and, and what keeps us uh, enthusiastic. Yeah. Everybody, everybody loves that show. Everybody oh, knows every- that show. I know. It's... <laughs> It's wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. Anyway, so so it's becoming like that, but people are actually choosing what they share with their friends. and It's it- also a lot easier to pass things around between friends. I mean, now you can just forward a link really easily and say, hey, check this out. This is hilarious. And, and then before you know it, you're watching... Uh, you're watching a, a you know some guy sing in Polish, or you're watching a little chipmunk dance around to a song, or you know any anything crazy that could only be a few seconds long. Have you but, seen the chipmunk that sings in Polish? Oh my god! Now that is hilarious. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. That's good. But but with Xbox Live and Boxy and Apple TV and now and PlayStation are doing it as as well. Is there a difference? I mean, isn't it just that we're we're choosing the tiny things that we watch? But television doesn't actually exist. I, th- I think television doesn't actually necessarily exist anymore in and of itself. I think you're wrong. I think you can <laughs> you can turn on the television and you can watch TV shows. Or you can turn on your computer and you can watch shows on the web. I think right now there still is, I think predominantly in America, people there's still a divide between people that watch television and people who feel like the content is merging and, it's, and, and there are people who just watch shows now on the internet. But I think... In, I don't know what the timeline will be. I think that it's all soon. It's just going to be content. Yeah. But I think right now there's still a divide because but, 
I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just saying, there, there certainly is more crossover now for the younger generation. I think that's kind of where you're going also, that, you know, the younger the viewers are, the more it's it's all just content. It's all just entertainment. Yeah, we get a lot of um, comments from people, you know, on YouTube watching The Guild who will say, like, I don't I don't watch TV anymore. Like, this is what I want to see. Like, I don't even bother with, with television. I don't need to because I can find what I want, exactly what I want on the Internet, which is why, you know, as a content producer, The Guild really works because I believe that for the internet it's about finding your niche audience and if your niche audience happens to be you know 15 million World of Warcraft players then your show gets spread out more but there's a there's a great niche for anything that you want you know and that's why internet content works. One of the things I really like about what you're doing with internet content is you're taking themes and paradigms that we're familiar with through watching television through seeing films but then you're twisting them around so Rather than, say, in the Guild having unresolved sexual tension, you've got this unresolved sexual repulsion. <laughs> and and we're just trying to, you know, we're just waiting for that to resolve itself. Uh, I'm going to tell Felicia that, unresolved sexual repulsion. That's awesome. Uh, and the Which is funny because that's my relationship with a lot of my viewers. Hey. I don't understand <laughs> what that means. No. I don't know. No, it means they're... Uh, they're repulsed by They're me. repulsed, but only yeah. sexually. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are sexually repulsed by me, and that—that's, mm -hmm. I think, one of the things that makes my channel so popular. Mm -hmm. So you've—you've you've got a whole channel on on YouTube. Yeah, that mediocre films. Mediocre films. Yeah, and you make lots of short segments uh, that are just funny films that people just tune in and and watch. They just go to the mediocre films channel on YouTube. Yes, and I put up something there pretty much every week, and there's there's very little rhyme or reason to what I put up. It could be prank videos or. Uh, a comedy sketch or an episode of, you know, one of the series that I have on there. I have a thing called Excellent Questions, and uh, that's just where I go and talk to people and, and, and make fun of them, basically. And then I have a thing called Celebrity Sock Puppet Theater, which has a few episodes up. And Retarded Policeman is uh, uh, a series that has uh, the most amount of episodes and the most amount of views. Have you're you, giggling. You're giggling. <laughs> is that the first time you've ever heard of Retarded that's, Policeman? That is, that is the first time I've ever heard of Retarded Policeman. And so not only is the title hilarious, but it also reminded me of the excellent trauma film, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. You know, it's nice. funny. Trauma contacted me. Somebody from Trauma contacted me and said, we've got to get, you know, our character, the sergeant, into Retarded Policeman at some point. And then we never did uh, work it out. I think my, re my response to them was, hey, I got a better idea. Let me direct a trauma feature. Oh, <laughs> yeah, which I would love to do. Yeah, and they, that and would they be said, awesome. And they said no, or they just never... They, uh, Cause, cause they, they, re they replied with the sound of crickets. Oh, which yeah. is their way of saying yes. I think just turn up. I suppose so. I guess I'll just show up and go, I'm here to direct a movie. Yeah. They, they wouldn't know. I don't think they know the difference. No, they just, yeah. I could do it. Yeah. No, but it's funny that you haven't heard of Retarded Policeman because about 60 or 70 million people have so far. That's how many views that series has. That's, I, I, and it's very popular in Australia. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I have to admit, I spend a lot of time watching television shows and wait for other people to tell me to watch things on on YouTube. Okay. Uh I've I've never Well, I've thanks for doing your research. Well, hey, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> you did yours, I did mine. Exactly. Uh, the, what uh, is your name again? Uh Francis. Okay, thank you. I think it's Josh something. Mm, whatever. I have no oh. idea. I really. Anyway, Gary, Kerry, no. thank you very much for <laughs> No, the uh the thing about what I find with the net is when when there is content on there and you have to troll through so much to find it. So how do people find your stuff? How did people find mediocre films in the beginning? 
Well, that's an excellent question. I mean, with with Kim's urging, I joined YouTube pretty early on. I was an early adopter there, and you know, YouTube uh, uh, you know, bloomed in in 2005, and I joined it in 2006. <clears throat> started to put up some videos right away, and my initial viewers found me because I started to point them from my website to YouTube. So I had you know a small initial group of of viewers who. Uh, who followed me over to YouTube and, and subscribed to the channel there. And then YouTube started to feature videos on the front page uh, that I put up. The first one they featured was something called Greg Hits Hollywood, where I would uh, stand in front of the uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood, interviewing people, but I would hit them in the face with a microphone. And that was a fun bit. And so YouTube put that on the front page, and it got almost a million views. And bam, that was my first several thousand subscribers right there and then and shortly thereafter we shot the first episode of of kim's show gorgeous tiny chicken machine show which kim uh wrote and produced and starred in and then i directed and edited that and uh and did the music for it yeah and we put that up um and that was also featured uh, on the front page of youtube back when back when a front page feature at youtube really meant something and and it could equate to a million views in the course of a day or two. Mm -hmm. That's not the case anymore, unfortunately. But at the beginning, it was a great boost, great kickstart for the Mediocre Films channel. And then um, it just sort of grew from there. Once once the, once the I had the first, you know, 10, 15,000 subscribers, then people were waiting around for my new videos so that when they would be released, they would get a lot of views and then new viewers would find them and they would subscribe to the channel. And now I know I'm, I'm pushing like 300,000 subscribers, which is... Uh, really exciting. And Kim also has an enormous amount of views. She also has millions of views on her LKG Productions channel, which is the channel that has two hot girls in the shower. You know, there's something interesting I was thinking about while you were talking, which is that what we found from the Guild is that um, the Internet is so massive and there are so many ways that you can find your content that people actually tend to kind of stick with the the one that they like. So What's interesting about that is with YouTube, we put the guild on YouTube for season one, and that's where it existed solely. And then for seasons two and three, it was on Xbox Live. Mm -hmm. Now, it exists, you know, in full on uh, MSN.com. It exists in full on our website, watchtheguild.com. And then we put it up later on uh, YouTube because they're sort of our second window of release. What is weird is that people on YouTube will watch season one and season two, and then they will type in, boy, I can't wait for season three to come out even though it is out in full in three other places. If they just went to Google and typed in The Guild Season 3, they could watch the whole thing. But they don't, for whatever reason. Maybe they don't understand how to use Google. Maybe they just get their content from YouTube. But I just I find that really, really interesting because... And, but, but you've also got the URL there on the YouTube channel. You've mm -hmm. got it sitting there, watchtheguild.com. Yeah, like you, they could go and look. And then for some reason, you know, just a lot of people don't. And I guess that's just human nature. It's, you know, like when you find one thing... And it's the place that you understand how to work all the buttons and, you know, navigate around. That's sort of the place that you stay. So for the Guild, you know, it's been such a boon for Felicia to use social networking to get the show out to other people. And, you know, having sort of an army of uh, people on Twitter who, you know, like Felicia has a million and almost two million followers. So she'll she'll tweet, hey, the new thing is out. And then a certain fraction of her followers will then retweet that and be like, hey, the new. Gu so, you know, I mean, it's. It's better than any PR company that you could ever hire, and it's free, <laughs> you know, which is great. Well, so. if, uh, if if we could get Felicia to tweet about listening to box cutters, that that'd be fantastic. <laughs> All right, her, I'll her, put it on the. Her uh... tweet fee is uh, now it's currently one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a tweet. <laughs> yeah. You heard that. Let's say if you want more people to listen to box cutters, just send your donations to Felicia Day, <laughs> care of. <laughs> America. I just but, want to clarify that Felicia does not 
accept money for tweets. That's and I, true. That, I, that I do want to clarify joke. that because people actually email her and oh, really? offer her. Yeah, because like people, I read that Kim Kardashian, I don't know if this is true, but I read that um, she charges $10,000 per tweet because she can. Well, for to advertise things. Do people actually listen to what Kim Kardashian says? Uh, I think like all the 13 and 14 year old girls that exist in the United States do. I don't know how many of those there are, but let's 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 talk about this for a while because I'm <laughs> I, I'm uh, amazed a that she is famous for anything. B that Bruce Jenner is on television again. Oh wait, and- wait. Is he? See, I don't know anything about the Kardashians except that they exist and they have a reality show. Bruce Jenner is like her stepdad. Oh. Huh. Didn't oh, know that. Okay, didn't. He looks terrible. Mm. He's. Uh, <laughs> I was just doing. I was pretending to have plastic surgery. Have yeah, horrible, that was that was very visual. Yeah. yeah, we saw that. It looked yeah. great, but you guys at home don't. When I do that, I look that. exactly like Bruce Jenner. You did, you did. actually for yeah. a second. I thought so, he was here with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. That's which I'm. You know, I'm glad he's not because I'm. You know, I've said some horrible things about him. Yeah, yeah he might punch you in the face he, or the neck. Probably the neck. He does love a throat punch. <laughs> <laughs> As, again, I don't know if that's true. Bruce Jenner, don't sue me. That's, uh, just, that's just one of those old Irish sayings. Bruce Jenner loves a throat punch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's St. Patrick's Day when we're recording this. So, yes, exactly. You know, arty, 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 Bruce Jenner loves a throat punch. That's how, that's how that works. But it, w- one thing about uh, television content from the US as opposed to web content from the US is I, I find that television content is being filled more and more and more with these ridiculously unnecessary shows that glamorize stupidity. Oh yeah, and and so are we. I mean, it's you know, Greg and I started out as actors. Felicia is you know, uh, still actively auditioning. I mean, as are we. But it's but we all got into web content because as actors, we couldn't find as much work as we wanted, and partly that's you know be. Because the nature of television has changed greatly because now there's so many shows that are reality TV. It used to be that if you were a smaller day player like we are, that you could have an opportunity to audition for a guest star role on Friends. But because suddenly there was this overrun of reality TV, now it's like if there's a guest star role available, it's going to go to a movie star who's decided that, you know, TV is now not scary. There used to be such a big divide between TV and movie stars. And then suddenly that sort of started to shift and morph. Kiefer Sutherland did that. Yeah. Kiefer yeah. Sutherland single-handedly made it okay for movie people to appear on television. That bastard. Son of a bitch. Yeah. After what he did. Well, let's go back to Ernest Borgnine, though. I mean, he uh, he won an Oscar for uh, his performance Marty. in Marty, which was mm-hmm. wonderful. Really wonderful. If you're listening, Ernest. Uh, we met I, you in Ralph's We met you at a Ralph's grocery store, and you were very friendly. Mm-hmm. He seems um, like a lovely guy. He's lovely. He's, he's a great kisser. Nice. Um, what? Hmm? Um, but, you know, he... Uh, you know, he 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 did a sitcom, He's Mikhail's Navy. Well, yeah, and then he did. Uh, but then after after his his big movie success, he came back. He did he did the single guy. He he was he was the elevator operator mm-hmm. in the single guy. He was a smooth operator. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Oh, and that's the <laughs> that's the end of the show. That's, that's it. Goodbye. Oops, but sorry. yeah, he, he. I didn't fart. That was the chairman. No, that I, I, heard, sounded... I heard the fart come out no, of her butt. No, you did not. No, you're. Chairman. No, I would like to make it official. My wife just farted on the podcast. <laughs> you know, there is a dog in the room. You could have blamed it on the dog. Yeah. yeah. Except I didn't fart. You she, guys. She always it was blames. Chair you movie. always blame your farts on the dog. Oh, you farted again. I didn't. Uh, you just farted again. I'm it not. smells like a chair in here now. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're back up to the box cutters' quality. Right. That's, uh, 
Is that what you guys usually talk about? More yeah, like farting and Usually we talk pooping? about Kim's farts. Oh, yeah. oh my farts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just generally. Oh, okay. I mean, it's television and your farts. I didn't yeah. know that was what the show was about. Now I'm going to listen. That's, well, you should have really checked up on the uh, website. It's a fartcast. It's a, it a fartcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the, the things that... Uh, the Guild. Yes. For, for one example, seems to have very high production value for things that we see on the web. That are independently made. I mean, uh, NBC have produced uh, short podcast uh, series that looked as expensive as television dramas do. Uh, but the Guild has a, a really high production value for for something that's independently produced on the web. How? How? How did you convince people to invest in something like that? Well, it was a proven uh, entity once once Microsoft, Microsoft actually approached us. Oh. Um, because we had had so many views on YouTube and that's when they were looking for original content for Xbox. And so, and we'd met with a bunch of other companies, independent and some studios and some, you know, like a famous director and everybody sort of thinking like, this is a good property and how can we get a piece of it and how can we either exploit you or help you depending on who it was. And, um, you know, so Microsoft came in and said, you know, based on what the show is about and, and, you know, because we're looking for content for a video game console, this seems like a really good fit. So we were able to go from, in season one, um, first of all, we were shooting on uh, SD, and um, basically everybody was volunteering their time, and it was all patch, patched together. The first director um, is Jane Sally Morgan. She was one of, she was one of our um, producers, and then Greg directed the second part of season one. So... I mean, I think season one looked great for what it was, you know, mm. and then in, then finally we got a budget and then we were able to go HD and have a full, like season one was basically like as small a crew as we could have is what we wanted because we were in our houses and in our apartments and it was literally like, how few people can you do this with, you know? We because... would we would shoot those with a, a crew of two, maybe three people per episode. Yeah, well, once 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 we got into the second half, you know, I told Greg like we we just got to do these fast and dirty, <laughs> and so we did, you know. And then in season two, we had a full on crew. We had a, finally had a budget from Microsoft, and mm -hmm. so we were able to, you know, hire uh, more people to support. We had HD. We we then we were able to set up more lights, and I mean, we just. And did they uh, did did Microsoft have any? say in the the content of the show no they have been so wonderful i mean that's it's been interesting because as a you know we worried like there's a big corporation they're coming in what are they going to do and really they said you know what we make video games and we make software and we don't make content you guys do so uh, we're going to give you a platform you do what you do it's been really successful you know by itself we can see the numbers on youtube we can see what you did without anybody telling you what to do and um, the only thing they do is they go through the scripts and they just sort of scan it for um, really objectionable words just so that they kind of know where they are. And then, you know, they actually, when it goes up on MSN.com, it's bleeped. Right. So, you know, um, and then you can see the unedited version on the DVD or at YouTube. So really, uh, they've been fantastic and, and really let fully. I, that's why I love working on the Guild. I don't know of any other show or movie um, that I've personally worked on where it just goes from the creator's head through all of the crew and then onto the screen exactly pretty much the way she envisioned it. I mean, that never happens. It never happens. And so, Greg, if you were approached by a network to put together a, a sketch comedy show uh, based around the characters that you've created on your YouTube channel, is that something you would you would accept willingly without 
looking at the contract and just go, yeah, money from a network? Or or would you try to re- retain uh, as much creative control as, as you've had? Well, it's an interesting question because, you know, we are used to uh, almost complete creative control uh, with just about everything that we do for the internet. Uh, sometimes we do work with advertisers uh, to make uh, branded videos or to put product placements in videos. And, and then they do have a say over what's acceptable and what's not within that video. But usually we can get away with pretty much what we want to get away with, uh, you know, within reason. So if I were approached, it would be a little bit of a shift in, in my thinking and just the way that I approach, you know, writing a sketch uh, or the way that it's, uh, that it's uh, produced and, and completed that it may have to appeal to a more mainstream audience or to a wider uh, range of, uh, you know, age range, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, of course, I'm not stupid. I'd take the money. <laughs> yeah, I, but- I, I would absolutely work, uh, you know, on a television series. There's so much more money on TV than there is on the Internet. R- really? They have oh, money absolutely. in TV? Oh, I don't know if you know that. Yeah, they, no, they, no, no, they, no. They, there's they a lot do, of money there. They put like, yeah, I think well, at least well, $1,000 most... into every production that no, they do. Oh, How much? It's, it's like $1,000. Oh, no, it's more than that, it actually. Yeah. On yeah. TV? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. It's news to me. Hmm. Wow, they must have like Jim Cameron's budget yeah. or something. Uh, I was thinking about, uh, I don't know if you've read or heard about uh, David B. and Cooley's book about the Smothers Brothers and... Oh, oh, they both, they both just looked over, <laughs> they both looked over onto the bookshelf. This one? Uh, to, yeah, that one. Have you heard about that one? Dangerously I've never Funny? heard of it, no. The uh, story of the Smothers Brothers. I have not heard of this book. I will have to read it right now. Uh, 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 thinking about... <laughs> Hang on, I'm a speed reader. He's very quick. Let me just get through this. If anyone's seen Fright Night and, uh, and remembers how quickly the girl in Fright Night reads Dracula all in one night, oh, he was reading that quickly. <laughs> yeah. That it's, a, it's actually a great book. I, I love the Smothers Brothers, and uh, yeah, you talk about censorship and and having to adjust, uh, you know, what you what you're allowed to say to the public. Yeah, and I tried to uh, get an interview with David Biancoli when I was in New York, and he uh, very respectfully didn't reply to my email. So, wow, uh, yeah, yeah, it was but very we, respectful. We disrespectfully replied to your email. So I know. Which did you prefer? Yeah, well, we... I still turned up at your house. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Uh, can, we, can we curse on this? Uh, I already totally. did. Totally. I said it's, it's asshole. Okay. Oh, you, you did? Oh, that's not mm-hmm. even a curse in Australia. Can Isn't I, it? Can I say fuck? You can say fuck. All right. Mm-hmm. That's all. Okay. Yeah, just was checking. <laughs> yeah, good. So you didn't good. interview him, but what would you have asked him if you had interviewed well, him? Well, I, I wanted to ask him if he thinks that anything had changed in the, uh, in, in the television network censorship role, because uh, it it doesn't seem like much has changed between the Smothers Brothers and now. It seems like we haven't learned any lessons from back. Th- In fact, if we have learned any lessons, it's that we need to be more controlling over uh, over our content. You know, I I think uh, the the type of censorship censorship is that the word censorship censorship. I think the type of censorship has changed because that was political censorship. That was, you know, they were controlled, uh, you know, uh, the, the network at the time was controlled by Republicans, basically, as, as, as some are still. But uh, they, you know, were getting out their right wing message. Uh, and, and since the Smothers Brothers tended to uh, lean to the left and they were very political in their comedy, they were uh, it's almost all of the, the censorship that happened was political censorship. But now we have things on Comedy Central here, like uh, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Is that, okay. Yeah, we, uh... There's that, and there's the Stephen Colbert with the Colbert Report, 
and there's uh, Colbert Report. the Colbert Report, some great political satire and some really biting stuff that is the type of thing that would have been censored from, from their show. But I think there are plenty of things you can get away with saying, like on cable TV now you can say shit, and you, you, know, you couldn't have said that on TV in the 70s. There are a lot of things you can say now that you couldn't say in the 70s. It's just a different type of censorship. But then there's things like Bill Maher getting sacked off Politically Incorrect uh, after the 9-11 comments. Yeah. Uh, where that that seems like huge political censorship to me, well, and that's only nine years ago. Yeah, well, you, you, you've proved me wrong. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> Get out. I'm done. But that's but that's the, I mean that's the only one that I can think of. Other than that, it's it's weird sexual things like the nipple gate at the uh, Janet the Jackson's nipple, right. uh, which if anyone could actually see that in any resolution, I'm sure would have been offensive to some, but. Well, her nipple is naturally blurred, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had surgery. She had, a blur- she had blurring technology put on her actual nipple. Well, yeah. she had to have that hand-removing surgery from that album cover the that album she cover? had. Absolutely. And then that left her nipples a little bit blurred. Right. Oh, okay. Who was the hand so model on that, by the way? It wasn't me, much to mm. my chagrin. No. Mmm, mm, boobies. Mm. Yeah, I'm distracted. Mm. Yeah. I'm just uh, making a noise. Mmm. So, are you actually making a living... From from doing web-based video? There's a nod. <laughs> yes? Yeah, yeah, we actually are. And and for me, uh, last year, you know, I was able to make a living solely on, on production. And, you know, I think I had, I think I did one commercial. I think I worked once as an actor. And then I was able to sort of, you know, cobble together. And that's what I'm continuing to do is uh, just trying to spin off a bunch of little different projects so that they, you know, can all generate their own little revenue in different ways. That's so. the key. I mean, when we're, when we're asked about how we, you know, can make a living off of, off of the web, the, the key really is to, sp- to spread yourself thin uh, through, uh, ha- you know, have your fingers in a lot of different pies. So you've got some product placement videos and you've got some web series and you've got some branded content and you've got, you know, uh, we're also partners on, on YouTube. So anything that we put up on YouTube, they attach ads to and they share a a percentage of the income with us and you know so really there's there's stuff everywhere and you know little little money flows are coming in from all different directions and then you add it all up and it it turns out to be okay that's fantastic i I think that gets back to this this ongoing theme that we've had on box cutters for for quite a while which is that television as we know it is dying because now people can actually make money from making content for the web and uh, and people are wanting different things from their from their entertainment. So the television that we were talking about at the start of the interview, which is networks and uh, that traditional format, it's I, I think this is the beginning of the end. I think I can hear the cliffs yeah. starting to crumble. I, I think so. I mean I think generally it's it's that, you know, the old model was that you needed to <laughs> What are you doing? He's nanny-goating your arm. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's nanny-goating. I'm sorry. I, um, you. I, I think, you know, it's a difference between the old model of television, which was like, you know, everything is still driven by advertising. So in the old model, it was just like, well, how many, how many ads can we get attached to this? Ergo, how many people can, how many eyeballs can we get on this piece of content? So that's why things get watered down, because they're just trying to make one piece of content appeal to as many different types of people as they possibly, possibly can. I mean, you know, certainly their demographics, 13 or, you know, whatever, 19 to 34. But still, even within that demographic, there's there's a wide spread and you're trying to appeal to all of these different people. And then on the web, you can get super specific with your demographic. And I think that is really 
the difference, you know. So that's why content is getting better, because I don't have to worry about the guild appealing to non-gamers. It does, because it's a good show, and you don't need to have the lingo, but that's not who it's made for, mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't have to be, and that's what's really great. Excellent. Well, Greg Benson, Kim Evie? It's, Evie. It, is, it is spelled like it's pronounced. Evie. Mm-hmm. Greg Benson, Kim Evie, thank you so much for joining us on Box Cutters in your own house. Thank you for having us over to our own house. It's... Anytime. Anytime you're in the area. <laughs> I guess now then. Should we come over again? I'm busy. Box cutters. And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters, episode 245. I want to say thanks very much to Greg Benson and Kim Evie for all their time. Also, thanks to Julie Whitner. Uh, thank you to the airline that got me there on time. I did record that uh, at their house in Los Angeles. Uh, it was a little bit harrowing. Came straight from Austin, uh, landed, got into a car, drove myself in LA to their house. Thanks to them for their hospitality. Thanks also to the dog Buddy, uh, also known as Buddy Conehead, for not barking during the interview. Uh, if you want to find out more about Greg Benson and Kim Evie and their productions, you can go to MediocreFilms.com or search for LKG Productions on... What's that thing called? YouTube. Yeah, that's it. Small site. You probably wouldn't have heard of it. YouTube. Uh, You can find uh, Two Hot Girls in a Shower there and uh, The Gorgeous Tiny Chicken Machine Show and uh, all of uh, Greg Benson's crazy videos there. Also, watchtheguild.com is the website where you can actually watch The Guild, Felicia Day's show that uh, we mentioned during the interview. So that's it. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. The other people are not in my bedroom. And, uh, hey, let's be careful out there. Boxcutters thanks to 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Boxcutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. And no, I, I don't think I need to do anything because it's just me and uh, it's just me and Pete Smith in my bedroom. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters. <laughs>